Coming at you live from something that won't improve your opinion of the British, it's Cartoon Night in Canada. Hey, what you watching? Got a problem with Cartoon? To another episode of Cartoon Night in Canada, a nostalgic journey to dig through decades of animation to find the good, the bad, and the just plain weird of Canadian cartoons. I'm your co-host Chris Lucy Antonio, and I'm your co-host Sylvie Kettles. And uh, we've got an interesting, we got an interesting proposition in front of us. <sighs> yeah, we, we sure do. We're going about a certain type of co-production and dealing with Canadian television animation specifically. We are we are not hurting for co-productions, but we've got one that we haven't come across before, at least in our list of episodes. Surprisingly, we're, yeah. We're looking across the pond here. But not to one of those fun places like Italy or France or South Korea or Japan. Nope. Germany that one time. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, I had to think about that one, huh? No, I did. Yeah, that's uh, that's how often we do uh, quote-unquote technically, technically Canadian shows on this podcast. The best kind of Canadian. The best kind of Canadian. Maybe not in this case, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, so we are doing a Canadian and British United Kingdom co-production. Yeah. Uh, and... To my knowledge, do not quote me on this. Don't you fucking quote me on this. This might be the only one. Yeah, I can tell you right now it's not. Somehow, somehow, because uh, when I was originally, like, uh, doing the notes for this episode, I thought, like, oh, I can't I can't make that claim. Uh, you're about to prove me wrong. Yeah. But I can't make that claim because we did uh, The Adventures of Paddington. That's got to be a British production, right? No, no. that's French. No, it's French. Um, even though the source material is is British, the animation itself is not. I will tell you, uh, future episode, uh, including my brother because he has called dibs on this one, uh, is Rupert Bear. Ah, yeah, yeah, you, you, you missed that cozy goddamn bear. Okay, whatever. This one. Well, is we're not. We're not significantly yeah. worse than Rupert Bear. Yeah, we're not breaking the uh we're not breaking the British border with a good one. We're doing <laughs> God a forbid. Do, no, I mean the majority of stuff we cover on this podcast isn't necessarily great. But we've got something this week oh that my. is as British as they come. So I guess this will be a good place as ever to really get our opinion down on the very concept, the industry of British comedy. Yeah, I, I do want to emphasize that when we say British in this instance, we do specifically mean English. Good, good distinction, right? Yeah, uh, the, be, uh, the because the production the, company behind this cartoon is right in the center of London. Yeah, like I, I do want to emphasize that um, Ireland and Scotland and Wales have literally done nothing wrong ever in their <laughs> lives, <laughs> except oh, for being attached I, to England. I just realized after our episode on Master Keaton where we discussed yeah. the IRA, yeah, we did. this we, is we did do that, huh? This is the chaser, and that is a com- that was completely unintentional. Hmm. Oh, we're just gonna have to live with that decision. But uh, so here is my experience with uh, British comedy, because honestly, despite the fact that we are technically still under the thumb of the British monarchy, Canada is. Um, I've never sworn fealty to any monarch, and I never will. Uh, n- neither have I, uh, although that broad's face was on our money for a long, long time. I'm glad she's dead. Ooh, hot take. <laughs> That's gonna really isolate our audience. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Uh, but, so, the weird thing is, with that kind of connection is, at least from my personal experience, not a lot of British television gets onto our airwaves. Uh... You get the occasional uh, syndication of something or other. Like, uh, Comedy Central uh, used to play a lot of British comedies here or there. And I think a couple of public broadcasting and PBS had a had a couple of shows sneak in there. And maybe even uh, 
specifically in my neck of Ontario, Channel 39, Showcase Entertainment. They played a couple of British comedies here and there, but... I, I will add that as a white suburban uh, Canadian woman who has a white suburban Canadian mom, I've, I've seen many channels airing, like, Call the Midwife and Downton Abbey and uh, sometimes Doctor Who. I do believe Doctor Who is regularly broadcast here, yeah. yeah. But, like, the, the BBC finds its way of just, like, handing Canada some things every once in a while. I guess, darling, would you put that on? <laughs> oh, that wouldn't be too much of a bother. Please. So, specifically, my experience with British comedy is... Um, Obviously, uh, Monty Python. Uh-huh. I, I mean, that's like the go-to answer, right? And a, cu- a couple of br- British films here or there, the works of Edgar Wright Obviously. and Guy Ritchie. And then, uh, ooh, that's about it. This, for the longest time, the United Kingdom uh, and its media output just remained a, just a, a negative zone that I completely ignored. Uh, QI. QI. Uh, oh, okay. Oh, I definitely had a phase in high school where I just started at Series A and just <laughs> went. Because it's all on YouTube. Bless them. Uh, oh, there's another one that I watched a lot. And I, th- I think it's a British show or it might have been... Ir- no, it's British. Uh, Mock the Week. Oh, okay. It's one of those like... One of those, like, uh, panel shows that yeah. have a bunch of comedians and celebrities on it. Like, I remember, and because it's all just, like, uh, a jumping-off point for them to do their stand-up bits. I remember watching that a lot through uh, YouTube clips and illegal streams. Oh, I shouldn't say illegal streams on a hot mic. Oh, no. Uh, super super illegal, uh, valid ways of, of purchasing, and anyway. I've I, never I, used a torrent in my life. Everyone should watch QI, though. Because it is incredibly funny, especially like there's just a handful of guests that every time they come back, it's like yes, yes, my day is saved. I remember one time, and like just unlocking a memory here. I remember one time, like it was my brother, the brother and one of their friends. They came to me and saying like, "Oh, you you really got to watch this," and they handed me a DVD of the Mighty Boosh. Okay. And it's like, what the fuck is this? And then I I watched a bit of it, and I was like. What the fuck is this? Like, the the weird surreal comedies of Noel Fielding and Julian Barrett were not uh, instantly accessed in my brain. Yeah. Every every once in a while, I make another human being watch, they say, of the Acropolis where the Parthenon is. Okay. I, I will send it to you after we record this, because I don't want to... <laughs> I don't want to spoil... I don't want to distract us again. Um, I'm going to be another one of your stats, huh? Yeah, because it's a weird-ass video. I just like watching British comedians bully Stephen Fry. Mm, I agree with that. Yeah, it's very funny. Uh, but more to the point... We have, um, we have a much less funny British show to talk about today. That's really... uh, as good of that's a good of transition as we're going to get, yeah. yeah we, we really should talk about it. I guess. <laughs> So on today's program, we are taking a look at Bromwell High, created by Anil Gupta, Richard Osman, and Richard Pinto and Sharat Sardana. The show was an international co-production between the London-based Hat Trick Entertainment and Toronto-based Decode Entertainment, making this uh, the first UK-Canadian co-production we have ever covered, maybe the last two, and of course, making this, uh, what? Technically Canadian. You should say that with more enthusiasm. It's, it's kind of our only Canadian! The best kind of Canadian. Hell yeah. I mean, the quality's all here. Mm-hmm. So much, so much of Romwell High's appeal came from that cross-cultural exchange you between Canada and the United Kingdom. You can very much see the lineage from the English to the Canadians, which is, uh, once again, we hate brown people, I guess. Ooh. Well, um, hmm, hmm. Yeah. We'll get into, we'll get deep into that. Um, so, yeah. Uh, <sighs> I just figured I should I just realized I don't. I, with how deeply racist the show is, because it's, fuck. We'll get into it. 
I, I just realized I, I my my notes are out of order here. I'm so <laughs> That's sorry. why I was stalling. <laughs> Rip. It aired only partially in the UK on Channel Four. Instead, for whatever reason, they only aired like the first six episode of the thirteen produced and released the rest on DVD there. Gosh, uh, but don't why. worry. I, I don't know. Maybe it was uh, maybe it was too good for the airwaves. Uh-huh. But, of course, us Canadians, we got the whole 13 episodes aired on television, on Teletoon, at night. You better believe we did, because what else are we going to put in that time slot? Oh, they had a lot. They had so many reruns of Family Guy and Futurama and the shows that they didn't actually produce in Canada <laughs> to Shit, fill right. that time. God, I was... A lot of Adult Swim. I was uh, just mentioning to some co-workers today as of recording um so someone brought up teletoon at night specifically so i started bringing up shows that we have covered on this podcast thus far because i never watched teletoon at night so the only teletoon at night shows i know of are things that we've talked about here and i feel like i've given you the bad you have the, the bad opinion like the bad kind of perspective of teletoon at night because they've all looked at me now like i'm insane because I know about TV. That was the first one we covered. Yeah. That was a conscious decision that we made. On your part. Don't don't bring we into this. That was you. We all share responsibility for this podcast, Sylvie. <laughs> if ever if ever this podcast gets linked to a crime, you are also appearing in court oh, with I'm me. A, I hope you know that. I'm an accomplice. We all are. We're all responsible. <sighs> And, of course, the show lasted between February and April of 2005. Very, very short run for this show. But uh, would you believe that the uh, reruns remained on the airways for years and years to come? Why am I not surprised? Nope. Yeah, I mean, what else are they going to air as we just mm-hmm. as we just went over? So Q-I. the podcast today, no, they can't. They don't have the right. I know they can't, but I wish they did. For the podcast today, we took a look at episode four, or episode six of the British run, no More Teachers, directed by series director Pete Bishop and written by, I assume, one of the creators. There was no writing credit uh, given in the closing credits or on I- IMDb from what I could find poking Love around. The original air date was February 22nd, 2005. And here's where we get into our favorite part of the show, the uh, the thing that everyone waits for, the thing that uh, really la- like sustains a whole lot of conversation mm-hmm. and talking points. It's, it's uh, a real good bit. Sylvie, 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 Sylvie. Hey, 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 Chris. What are your memories of Bromwell High? Literally none, my dude. Fucking God. <laughs> Every week. <laughs> <sighs> I love that we we introduced this as a nostalgic podcast, but turns out I don't actually know shit about shit. Are you saying that we didn't think this through? What? I would never say that. Are you really putting that out into the podcast 41 episodes into our run. I would never say that. I would never say that out loud into the universe. Good. Good. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, yes, you are the YTV person, Mm -hmm. and so you have no memories of Bromwell High. Not a one. I am am the Teletoon person, and I have no memories of Bromwell High. It was definitely something... That I watched. I'm familiar with some of the characters, and I can maybe kind of sort of recall some some plot lines and some jokes if you were to show me the Wikipedia plot descriptions for the episodes. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, wow, did I... Suppress feels like a very loaded word to use here. Yeah, no, you definitely but... did have active memories of it. But also, I definitely don't recall, or maybe I don't want to recall it, as well as some of the other shows we've covered. I could probably go through an episode of Sons of Butcher dialogue by dialogue. I can give you every line. Yeah. And we will. Because I'm crazy. We're, we're That'll be my one that. man show. If <laughs> Hey, Sons of Butcher, if you're listening, we haven't forgotten you. We're getting we, to it. I'm going to have to start cutting that out of the episodes because I just feel like you're making me feel bad now. I'm not trying to. But yeah, I don't have a lot of memories of this show fond or otherwise uh it was something i watched it was something i like that i watched in my like you know late night trying to fall asleep to the tv mode that i was in in my teen years naturally and despite the fact that there were only 13 episodes and i probably watched all 13 over and over and over again Mm -hmm. i no nothing's coming to me bromwell high was 
a thing that was just on the air. There was maybe a moment when I was a kid where it's like, why are they all? T why are they all talking like that? <laughs> a very, a very valid question. Like, why, why the accents? What, what is all this slang they're talking about? What's a chav? What is a chav? So, I, I mean, I don't know. I, Bromwell High was just saying stuff at me, and I was like, what, what do you mean a mobile? Don't you mean a cell phone? That was the experience. Yeah. Uh, because I, again, Canadian preteen watching like the like the first proper exposure to British culture. Yeah. See, I, I watched, like, Monty Python skits since I was maybe seven. Oh, that doesn't, uh, that doesn't explain a lot, does it? <laughs> that doesn't inform <laughs> a lot of my personality. I'm just writing down a note here that just says, noted. But, but yeah, so there was, I, and I did end up watching a lot of, like, obviously Doctor Who. I was really into Sherlock. Um, we talked about Sherlock yeah, on yeah, another it, episode. We've been there. It's it's done. It's over. There was definitely a, a point in my life that, like, a lot of British slang just made total sense. Mm. And I was like, no, I got it. Do you, on, honestly, uh, n not to uh, get around talking about the uh, show today, but yeah. do you use any, like, British slang in your everyday parlance, in, like, your uh, vocabulary? Because I, I know I do. Uh, I use a, a funny British accent at work all the fucking time. Because me and my As is your right to do as yeah, a Canadian. We're hilarious. Um, we we say it's Tuesday in it, because you gotta. Um, <laughs> see, uh, I'm laughing. Yeah, see, you, you gotta. We're, we're hilarious. Um, <laughs> I also, because of an episode of Phineas and Ferb that uh, just altered my life entirely, I do say garage. Oh, uh, that's a good impulsively. one. Uh... I I grew very very fond of the the phrase, uh, "Do your head in," like oh he's like doing that. my head in. Yeah. And I like I originally started saying it like ironic, yeah. and then like I just started saying it like, just, like casually this is to just people. A part of, this is just a part of my vernacular. Like uh, oh this this fucking TOS service is doing my head in, man. It's like what? Uh, it's it's annoying me. It was it was a thing that uh, Banshee's Vinishir and also did remind me of. I do like rowing. Ah, yeah, that's as as a term that's a good one for just being in a in a an ongoing fight with. Have you been rowing? No, I don't I think don't so. I think we've been. It does look like we've been rowing. Okay, okay, no, no, we can't. I know, talk about I know, we're not gonna. Stuff. So, uh, charitably, I would like to call Bromwell High a satirical satirical look at the British school systems. Would you agree with that statement? I mean, if we're going to present uh, Bromwell High, the show, to a completely, like, alien race and say, like, what is this? Do you think, like, in their hardline data minds, they would look at it and go, like, why, it's obviously a satirical look at the British school system. No, correct? Pink Floyd's The Wall is a satirical look at the British school system. Um, this is just white Britain pretending they're too good for all of the people that they dragged into britain against their will this is now i don't like to use this phrase this show is problematic yeah yeah this I, is truly the the first show i think we've covered where i'm like that was able to air right i and yeah there's there's definitely a few shows i want to go back to and apologize <laughs> Like, just by virtue of not being this nasty. Okay, so the premise of the show is it takes place at, given by, given the title, Bromwell High, like, the worst school in all of the south of London. It follows a couple of the students and the faculty of teachers who fucking hate it there. Everyone hates it. No one gives a shit about education or anything of the like, and actually, I like to put this quest. I like to put this question to you, mm -hmm. especially when we cover these Teletoon shows. Um, gun to your head. What is Bromwell High about? Uh, I am pulling back the trigger. People who desperately don't want to live in the United Kingdom. I feel like that's the vast majority of British comedy, <laughs> so. and like ninety-nine times out of a hundred, they're right. Yeah. 
that sentiment is correct. Um, I I will say it's about a bunch of bullies who don't think that they deserve to be in the shitty situation they're in. Yeah. Uh, this was a hard one, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Yeah, I, I did not have a good time with this show. It's it's ugly, uh, and not in the interesting uh, Canadian animation no, ugly the, way. In the ugly British way. It's it's ugly in its very kind of internal sentiment. It's just it's just mean spirited in ways that aren't funny. Yeah, having uh, Angela Anaconda flashbacks, but also if Angela Anaconda was additionally deeply racist. Maybe it was. Maybe it was. Maybe it was. <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna open this this shit sandwich with a singular compliment. I think it's funny that in the character designs, because all the teachers have bags under their eyes, and because they also have the stupid one eye is floating off of the head character design, they also have like a bag under their eye floating off of their face. Actually, I was going to shout that out as well. Yeah. Um, I think the it's kind of, kind of funny. Despite the kind of blandness in the backgrounds and its uh, very rudimentary kind of sense of color, uh, there's a distinctive look to this show, and it's all kind of traced back to the character design. I was getting these uh, these like angular faces with hard lines and very minimalist design. It's it's kind of, and this might be going way too far, and I don't even agree with what I'm going to say here, but it's like almost in the vein of the like modernist style of like the 1950s UPA animation okay where it's like it's relatively minimalist with like lacking any detail beyond the uh necessity of their body shapes mm -hmm. and interestingly interestingly um it all comes from the uh show's designer uh david whittle which i can't believe that we're going to get back to our nfb showcase on the uh the sweater but he does a children's book series called pop justice idols Oh, shit. And do you remember when we were talking about uh, that Maurice Richard book? Yeah. Where he has the giant head on the cover. Uh-huh. Pop Justice Idols is the British version of that book series. Oh, no! You have to look this up right now. I'm, like, I'm, David Whittle, Pop Justice Idols. I'm, I'm Googling it right now. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. This literally is. I was stunned when I came across this in my research uh, because I think uh, David Whittle's design work here is the highlight of the show. Yeah. I kind of like, I kind of like the way he designs characters as these just large oval shapes, like their head and neck. There is no distinction between the two. Yeah. Just these big, like geometric bodies. I kind of like it. It's okay. I think in a better written show, they would have, they would have done well. Like these, but, I like the weird like Picasso lines he's got going on. I mean that that's where that whole like eye uh, yeah. floating off of the actual yeah, you but know, like he goes above and beyond and has like I'm I'm gonna just divide this face in half just for funsies. And even like that's where I would uh, even willing to give uh, the Brahma High the great distinction of ugly Canadian cartoon. Yeah, like there is something going on here where it's distinctly quote-unquote canadian to me yeah it's it's a it's a weird little show it looks fun that's the only nice thing i can say about it uh, I, yeah it's like the, the design is not the issue here i yeah. kind of i kind of and i kind of like how um so many of the background characters it feels like like it's very like assembly line repeating design work going on mm -hmm. it feels like a rudimentary like character creator tool was be was being used yeah like, like, David Whittle didn't even design all, like, the background characters, all the students and the rest of the classes. He just, like, designed a character creator for everyone to, like, to make. There's, like, not a lot of variation going on. What I'm saying is any artist out there would love to make their OC in this design. Yeah, I could see that. Like, here is, uh, here's my, here's my OC, Nevercrow Lucifer, and here he is in adventure time style here he is in bromwell high style yeah i i would will agree to that that it has that sort of very distinctive look that if it were a better show i think a lot of artists would have gravitated to yeah what we're saying is uh david whittle you are innocent yeah you your your talents are wasted here you did a good job sir so that ends the uh positive <laughs> portion of the podcast it's time to start shitting on this show uh just mean 
It's so mean. Holy fuck, it's mean. And I get it. I get what they're going for. Uh, it's a school where all the teachers hate the students. All the students hate going to school. Yeah, like that's, it's an obvious exaggeration of how many people both in the profession and attending school feel. Yeah. But also, shut up. Like, calm down. It's not that bad. Yeah, like, this is, honestly, shitting on school is more exhausting than school. So what's, uh... Oh, we should say that uh, for the episode that uh, that we did, uh, No More Teachers, yeah. it was the usual, um, the usual selection process of the wheel, I believe? Yes. Uh, yeah. But this, this was, funnily enough, the one episode that you immediately remembered. Well, there was two. Uh, there was this one, and the one that's, n like, non-stop diatribes against the Romani people. Right, yeah, and I, I vetoed that one. I also vetoed that one. Yeah. I immediately regretted it brought, like, I immediately regretted bringing it up in our discussion of yeah. which episode to do. Yeah, that, that one was not even on the wheel. Obviously, this is all just an exaggerated caricature of the British school system, but in that kind of parody of it, or that satire of it, however you want to see it, it's just a just a jumping off point for a lot of like boundary pushing envelope uh pushing offensive jokes yeah it's it's mostly just shitting on everyone so like the big joke that's uh, not even like um that's not even highlighted underlined or stressed is this is a south london school where the majority of the student population are uh people of color yes that is that is almost a background joke for this show. That uh, is a foundational and, joke for this show. And that's probably reflective of reality, and there's no humor to be found in that. Yeah. That's just how it is. I, I will jump ahead to the only uh, fandom thing I found on, on this show, which is from February of 2014. And it is so deeply 2014 white people Tumblr. Uh, it Great. is a, a single Tumblr post... Bromwell High was the best thing that ever happened to TV. You can't deny it. Speaking Finally, of, someone's telling it as it is, right, fellow of whites? Speaking female character writing, Bromwell High, 2005, is another good example of writing hugely flawed and diverse female characters and setting them loose to be hilarious comic storytelling agents. Content may not be for everyone. It's basically South Park except with three girls instead of four boys and set in Britain, but I can't help but love it. I can't believe this Tumblr poster is going to make me defend Trey Parker and Matt Stone. Right? Oh, I don't want to do that. Like, I'm not going to do I that. I do not want to defend those libertar libertarian fuckwads. I mean, I'm pretty sure they're just, like, full-on Republican now. Oh, goody. Good for them. Assholes. But also, yeah. like, just in addition to fuck them, fuck this! This concept of, oh, well, there's non-white characters, so therefore it's not a racist show. And... We should also uh, stress that um, the majority of the major creative force behind this show was people of color. Surprisingly! And, yeah, you can say that they are, you know, quote-unquote, taking it back. Yeah. And, yes, but... you, you can see the logic in that Tumblr uh, post uh, argument there, where they're saying, like, well, why can't, like, these kind of people, like, this kind of attitude, to, like, towards these uh, people of color do exist, but also... Are we not allowed to be flawed? Are we not allowed to be mean-spirited and yeah. assholes? Yeah. Yes, you are. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely allowed to be a mean-spirited asshole. But it, it I know we, we talked about this before, that it almost, with a little less of the, the nuance, it almost comes close to touching on the same point that, um, that Bamboozled hit which was and that I, I, there are feel... always going to be jokes that people of color make about their own cultures that white people will take as an excuse. It's okay. Yeah. I can make I can make my shitty racist jokes because they did too. And it's like no you don't you don't fucking get it. I just feel dirty associating what I now see to be a good movie in Bamboozled with yeah. this. Yeah, I, I, I will require both of us to rewatch Bamboozled as part of our penance. Uh, no, I have done it recently. Like, uh, I want to say, like, like a year ago when it was, like, released on Criterion. Oh, God, I keep seeing it. It's so much better than I remember. It's so much better than I remember. I cannot justify it. It's so much better than I remember. It's so fucking good. Yeah, Bamboozled is a fantastic film. Uh, but, again, we got to stop talking about good better things. pieces of media. Well, I'm saying that... 
bamboozled is basically making the argument that Bromwell High proves. Yeah. Which yeah. is that, yes, people of color making jokes at their own expense, at their family's own expense, they will find it funny because they understand all of the context that goes into it, but white people will take that as, as an excuse to be like, oh, I can make racist jokes again. It's fine. I, I have never smelt the stink of equal opportunity offender that I did when watching Bromwell High. Yeah. That nothing bullshit term yeah. feels like it is printed on every single uh, page of the episode teleplay well, that we not, watched. It's not racist. We're, we're shitty to everybody. Who let that guy in? No, no, you have to say it right. Uh, it's not racist. Oh shit, you're right. I'm so sorry. Who let that weird American in? Uh, audience, uh, full disclosure, I can't do British accents. Sylvie can. Sometimes. I might also drift into Australian because I've been memeing a lot on H2O Just Add Water with my coworker recently. <laughs> We've been doing a lot of, oh no, condensation. Uh, anything to get the laughs out of uh, life because Bromwell High wasn't bringing them. Yeah, it certainly was not. Uh, for example, of this um, very deliberate attempts to be like derogatory and push buttons... The very first joke that you hear, yeah, the very the, first joke the, that you see, the first is, audible joke. The first joke that you see is, um, oh wow, I, this is how well I do not remember this show. Uh, the blonde girl who's the in the main trio, Latrina. Latrina, Latrina get it? It's a la latrine. <laughs> oh, don't worry. All their names are well. No, two out of, two out of three names are intentionally jokey jokes. Great. Get it? Uh, Non-English non names are fucking hilarious. So the first joke of the episode that you see is, for whatever reason, on the school bus, Latrina getting waxed by, uh, like, a a worker of some type who is not white. Don't know what, why that was happening. But the first joke that you hear is Latrina saying to Nutella, who is Indian, by the way, mm -hmm. That traditional Indian music, and I am quoting verbatim to make a point here, is for gays. And then Keisha, the uh, the black girl of the group, says, gays and gimps. Yeah. And man, was there ever... I'm happy. I'm actually glad that Bramwell High did this. They got it out right at the beginning. They let us know what, what we're watching, and it's like, oh, you're full of shit. Okay. Yeah, like, okay. The, this is... This is mask off we're no, we are not pretending like i i was like up against my laptop screen ready to take notes and then i heard that it's like okay i just lean back and it's like yeah, okay like, oh, let's this get this over with this is that kind of show uh so the plot of this episode is that there is a musical competition i guess going on at the school um all three girls are competing it, indian music is terrible i guess because until is playing the sitar she does it very poorly but she insists that she's so fucking good at, at it you guys you just don't understand the nuance the, um, the one running joke of the episode is everyone smashing her sitar because they hate indian music because yeah, that's super funny guys and again stressing once more uh one of the show creators like the main creative creative force behind it anil gupta is indian yes he's hindu she's hindu she he he is uh hindu yes. and Hell of a pedigree behind uh, this person. An executive producer on The Office. Uh, I, I was just about to say, I'm not fucking surprised he, he wrote for The Office. Uh, two successful um, two successful comedies, uh, which had British Indian cast members of it. Uh, Goodness Gracious Me and The Kumars at number 42. Mm -hmm. so, and also Citizen Khan. So you would assume that they know what they're talking about. And they are in their right to make that joke. It's just not the audience for it. And I just feel sad. Because, like, this this, this is clearly made for a white audience. And when it's so... And when it's not really, like... It is absolutely... Um, it is absolutely all played as a joke. But it never quite lands as a joke. Because every time it just feels so motivated. It yeah, feels it, so it aggressive. drifting into that... You know, the, the, the same problem as as like simpsons with 
with Apu, where it just like oh, we'll get into that. Yeah, it cut. It just continuously drifts into the territory of oh, you're supposed to think she's Indian is the punchline. Like oh, the um, the producers of the show are banking that that like a prominent Hindu community is going to like respond positively to it. As sure. is the case with uh, Apu and The Simpsons, which we'll talk about uh, when we get to the voice cast. Ha ha ha. <laughs> Spoilers, it's bad. So as you said, the episode is about this musical competition. And through that musical competition, one of the teachers, uh, who is not a recurring character at all, really introduced for this episode. Yeah, he, um, he dies at the end of this episode. Spoilers, if anyone cared. No one cares. No one cares. Uh <laughs> is discovered by someone in the audience and becomes a pop star, which inspires all of the other teachers to finally uh, follow their dreams, so to speak, leaving the school without any staff. Chaos ensues. Yeah. The, and the, the principal hires monkeys. Let's... I want to spend so much time on this principal. Principal, uh... Fuck. Iqbal yeah. bin Ibrahim Maurice Kandala. So the joke here is all, like, the the staff of the school are not like professional educators. They're all like former criminals and street toughs who just happen to find their way into running this institution. Uh, Iqbal is a complicated character. Yeah. He's, he's got a lot going on. He is, uh, personally racist, uh, homophobic, misogynist, um, dabbled in some human trafficking. Okay. Let's, uh, not to derail the conversation, but there is some fan fiction going on in the Wikipedia page for this episode. I, yeah, I've I've noticed that. There's the, the... the character descriptions on this show are detailed in ways that I don't think the show, from my dwindling memories of it, yeah. ever yeah. actually followed me, through um, with. Let me just quote directly from the Wikipedia page. Gregarious. And larger than life, Iqbal is not a conventional headmaster by any stretch. His language is colorful, though his understanding of basic grammar is non-existent. He tries to make money any way he can, which often involves illegal and unethical pro practices. He holds very long meetings and assemblies that are often filled with irrelevant and or ridiculous anecdotes or performances known unofficially as Item 53. Due to the fact that in each episode, the bizarre story slash act is promptly followed by Iqbal saying, next on our list, item 54. Someone put so much work into this Wikipedia page. Now, you said that, like, your only evidence of, like, fan activity was that one Tumblr post. No, 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 no. the Wikipedia like page. Because this. this is all fan fiction. They are all written like this. Someone loves this show there is someone out there and i will find you and no, i will no, no, ask no, no, you no, no, are no, no, you no. okay i'm not going to uh rain on their parade <laughs> i am not going to uh judge them for loving this show but also you can love them. it and not put this much effort in you know i just want to make sure they're okay and i know that potentially goes against uh the very like the very purpose of cartoon night in canada where we have been bemoaning and complaining for almost every episode does nobody care like why is there no information out here on these shows but also why does somebody care about Bromwell High sometimes things can be left to the dusts of history <laughs> and it's fine man this is not a good show it's not can I can I just get into the voice cast real quick so the prob the problem with Apu was a documentary by Hari Kondolobu, which uh, discussed the idea that one of the most popular representations of an Indian person on mainstream television was voiced by a white guy. <laughs> now, why am I bringing that up? Gosh, good, good, good question, Chris. We have the problem with Bromwell High. <sighs> going on the sequel to the problem with apu which harry condolobo will never make because he doesn't know what the fuck bromwell high is good Rightly all power so. to him God, i i wish that were me right <laughs> now um so one of the main three characters natello who right, has a major role in this episode because yeah. she is trying to represent her 
like her country's music yeah. to to like the British on this um big kind of musical competition between a bunch of schools. What's the problem? She is she's voiced by uh Nina Conti, British actress raised in Hampstead, N- London. No, the- no, no, Nina Conti uh, voices Latrina. Fuck. Joe, Joe Wyatt. Wyatt. <laughs> don't worry, don't worry. Joe Wyatt Joe Wyatt is also white. Yeah, she's also doing a black scent for this fuck ass show. Uh, More like a do people use the term brown scent? I don't think that's a thing. But because no. like Nutella is like the Indian yeah, character, but is, like she... what? Okay, um, Joe Wyatt. I'm so sorry. Is the again extremely white British actress, uh, who was the daughter of Martin Wyatt, a producer of Mini Pops. Really? So she's a child actor. She's also a lot done... of them do get into voice acting. To yeah. be fair, she's she's also done work on like Care Bears, Thomas the Tank Engine. You know, places where it's acceptable and fine, even. But it's just, it's just kind of disheartening when, to like, because I, to, to give Brummel High the benefit of the doubt here, uh, to like not jump the gun on calling it racist, to just say like, well, oh, I'm, clearly I'm, because I'm because because of the production team behind it, because of the creators behind it, they were absolutely poking fun at themselves and possibly their own experiences, then why are there so many instances of white, usually elderly, British actors just putting on the most stereotypical accent you've ever heard in your goddamn life? Yeah. Because I, like, I felt uh, while watching this show that one of the comedic saving graces was uh, the, the principal, Iqbal, because he had, like... One of two jokes that I laughed at in this episode. Maybe three jokes. Oh, whole three. But, yeah, but you better believe he's voiced by Simon James Greenall, who is white. White. Uh, I will will say the the other save the the only like saving grace of this voice cast is Gina Iashere. Right. Yeah. Because on top of she is just a deeply funny comedian. I've seen some of her stand-up. Yeah. Uh, I, I believe on, uh, I think it was on Just for Laughs. Yeah, yeah, she's been on a few times. And she's great. She is hilarious. Uh, she seems to be the only member of this cast who knows what show she's in, and she's giving it her all. Goddamn, she isn't trying. Yeah, her performance as Keisha is very, very funny. Yeah. Everyone I, I, else... Again, I wish her lines were better, but... Yeah, I, I wish her lines were better written. Uh, she is a phenomenal voice actress, a phenomenal comedian. Goddamn, she needs better material. Yeah, it was a paycheck, I guess. Yeah. Uh, like, even, like, stretching this out further to this ongoing, because I don't want to get into the full voice cast, because I don't care. Yeah, no, I don't care beyond, like, our, our main three. I don't want to dig into it. But, like, and and also, one of the main three, uh, Nina Conti, as you're saying, has also been on Just for Laughs. Uh, she's a ventriloquist, and she's very funny. Yeah. I bet. When she's not saying, like, oh, that's for gays, yeah, she, she can be funny. Crazy. When she doesn't have to work around the hate speech of this show. Yeah. But, yes, extending out this issue of the, the, the problem with Apu, that is how we're framing this whole discussion of Bromwell Hall's voice cast, um, one of the teachers is Carol Jackson, who is, who is black. Yeah. Her, very, very, her, very uh, prominently. Her race comes up a lot. She has an afro. Uh, there are several episodes, from what I remember in reading uh, Wikipedia plot descriptions, where it plays a factor. Mm-hmm. She is voiced white by lady. a white lady. White lady. Yep. Man. 2005, huh? 2005. Same year as Sons of Butcher. <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna fucking say it. Sons of Butcher is less racist than Bromwell High. I'll take it! <laughs> You're that's wel- a win. You're welcome. Oh, that uh, makes me feel good. Uh, so here's the thing. Like, so many of the... And I will say, a lot of this... The, there's a lot of talent behind this voice cast. Mm-hmm. They get around in British television. They're all, like, very interesting stand-ups. They have very, very storied careers. Yes. And I'm sure a lot of them, a lot of them, almost all of them, view this as a low point. I, I'm willing to make that bet because Stephen Merchant is on this cast. 
Yeah, he sure is. What? What are you doing here, sir? What the, what the fuck are you doing here? Why are you playing the very slow in this uh, show's parlance? Physical, <laughs> physical education teacher. You got no answer for that? I have no answer for that. But I, I cannot and will not answer for this show. Uh, mm, it's just very, very cynical, mean-spirited, uh, needlessly angry in very seemingly directed ways. Yeah. Kids like, are all out of control. The teachers hate their lives. Ha 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 ha. Like, even amongst the, our, our trio of quote-unquote protagonists, um, Keisha and Nutella spend this entire fight, our entire episode fighting. Um, mm-hmm. Keisha makes an attempt to be a, a, good, a better friend to Nutella, and Nutella immediately betrays her. And I guess that's a joke. Yeah, yeah, we gotta give, we gotta, we gotta really understand that uh, Tumblr post, though, that you referenced earlier. Like, they can be mean if they want to. It's fine. Yeah. It's actually good. It's progressive. It's, It's, uh... It's quote-unquote feminism, baby. I stopped myself from using woke in in an ironic way. Yeah. Because I, I know that something or other did you laugh at anything in this episode i had a singular giggle and it was oh so you're a better person than me because i got three yeah you got three i got one and it was because one of the teachers the reason like all of the teachers have these very stupid dreams that they're chasing which is why they quit uh the religion teacher creates a robot jesus that he does um and then at the very end of the episode you've got all of the teachers like then getting their comeuppance and losing their dreams uh and his his deal with robot jesus and selling him to the pope is that robot jesus fucking hates the catholic church as the the real jesus would as the real jesus would hot take i know hot take uh historical figure that one that one dude from nazareth was really fucking socialist. Yeah. Good on that guy. Yeah, good on that guy. I may, okay, maybe I'll have to bump mine up to 4 because I did get a little uh did get a little giggle uh when when the robot Jesus is constantly interrupting the religious teacher and the religious teacher has enough and goes like, oh, "Fuck, like, you you don't need to interrupt me every time." Jesus Christ. <laughs> and then there's a beat and the robot goes, yes. Yeah. That's funny. I'm sorry. I, I'm a that simple is, man. That is a good bit. Yeah, uh, robot Jesus is perfect, and I would give anything to see him fight Pope Francis. I, I do like when the, um, pos- yeah, I think it maybe was a deacon or a high priest of some type. Uh, I don't I don't know. The Catholic Church? I don't know. Uh, I, don't so know I, I do that. like when uh, that, that person in the funny hat is beating the shit out of Robot Jesus, and Robot Jesus is, please stop hitting Jesus, hitting is naughty. I'm gonna say that the person in the fancy hat is the Pope. Where's his accent, then? Yeah, no, it's not, it's not there. I'm not saying uh, that, it, that it's a good rendition of a Pope, but based on hat alone, I'm going to assume it's the Pope. In this, of all the fucking cartoons that we've covered... Right? How... A silly little Italian accent. Everybody else is a fucking stereotype. Or sounds like a stereotype. Why, why'd you stop short there? Oh god, I just remembered that this episode fucking hates blind people, too. Ableism. <sighs> it's funny. Yep. Yep. It's never Yeah, the, uh, the headmaster of schools or something or other, like the, the school district pre- president or something, uh, is a blind man who doesn't believe he's blind. And everyone, um, everyone just gaslights him. Yep. And so the, uh... Comedy ensues. Is what happens next. Everyone has so, a good laugh. So, uh, Principal Iqbal is like, I can definitely staff my failing school with monkeys, and this blind man won't be able to tell the difference. So, to confess to a couple of my uh, laughs... Um, yeah, yeah, what were your other giggles? In relation to Iqbal replacing the entire staff of teachers with monkeys, uh, he says, like, oh, I'm sorry, these monkeys are very sick, and I've got to take them back to... Uh, i got to take them out. And he produces a shotgun and reassures the children, 
oh no, 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 it's just a tranquilizer dart, and proceeds to blow that monkey's head off. And then, and, and then we see the headless corpses of all the other monkeys that he did the same thing to. But even before that, when he's completely splattered in blood, as well as all the students in the front row, he tells them, now I will take him to the zoo. Yeah. And, I, and listener, I laughed. You're a fucking monster. Hey, I wasn't laughing at the fact that it was done in a very, very, very offensive accent. I was laughing at the joke, well, goddammit. Your honor, God your honor, it was about the joke, not, not the accent. <laughs> So that was and one. Then he of... almost buries the PE teacher alive. Ah, he's the stupid one though, Stephen Merchant. Yeah, that's. Like I kind of, like I kind of like the voice cast because they're all talented actors. It just. It's just God. I wish you weren't doing this. When they when so much of the joke is in its presentation like that, not in their performance, yeah. but in its specific presentation, it's. Yeah. It makes me feel dirty. Yeah. Yeah, that's a fair assessment. We, and weirdly, because uh, this is something I always zero in on because I'm weird like that. Uh, mm. Great lip syncing in this show. I did also notice that. It is yeah. incredibly detailed for such low detail uh, like models of these characters. Uh, yeah, the but... lips are very are working overtime. Yeah, they're definitely not just like flapping open shut. They are like forming words they put a lot of effort into that and they put too much effort into much this. much like the person who wrote the entirety of the novel that is the bromwell high wikipedia page yes where why with this effort yeah why why uh i also did laugh at the uh, press conference scene when uh the cat is out of the bag that all the staff has quit and mm -hmm. uh Iqbal, again, has to tell everybody, all the students, that, like, okay, so we don't have any teachers, but don't tell anybody because I'll keep getting paid and none of, none of you will have work to do. So we keep this a secret, and anybody who speaks or snitches gets their throat cut like an eel. Any questions? And then there's a cut to the audience where it reveals that there's, like, the journalists and media there, and he goes, like, you've never done a press conference before, have you? Yeah, that that's just a, that's a good joke. There is comedy. It's a, it's a good joke. There's comedic talent behind this creative team. Shame about the rest of it. Shame about the ugly package that it's being presented in. Uh, this is one of the like I can't even say it's the worst because we will cover worse on a quality level because there is there's clearly money behind this. There is a great cast. Uh, there, yeah, there's there's a lot of time and effort put into this show. Gosh, I wish there wasn't. It's just one of the ones that I, I never want to revisit this. I never want to watch yeah. it again. It's just... I, I'm very content to forget this show existed. I wish I did. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry you remembered that it's real. But it I have a job to do here. Yeah. Oh, a funny note that I, while I was doing research, because like, I... I anticipated this happening and realized like we will have nothing to talk about. Uh, one day... I want to do a full kind of breakdown on Decode Entertainment, or rather what is known now known as uh, Wild Brain Entertainment, because mm -hmm. this is the one studio, like animation studio, where I've gone to the Wikipedia page and all of the uh, kind of other uh, reference material and source material for it. If you go to their Wikipedia page, Wild Brain Entertainment, there is a timeline that dates back to 1964. Oh, shit. Like... Currently, oh, it's because okay. I was I was gonna say why the fuck do I know this logo? It's because they worked on this hour has twenty two minutes. Yeah, so uh, like there are so many different kinds of companies and uh, predecessors that have gone into making what is now Wild Brain Studio, which is an honest mm -hmm. to god conglomerate. Because I, yeah, like it it started out like and. It's all through this weird, like, bureaucratic restructuring of the Canadian animation landscape, where so it touches so many companies that we've covered before. Like, somehow this uh, involves Deke Entertainment and Cinar and Colossal Pictures. And eventually, it leads to 2022, this year, when Wild Brain uh, Entertainment or Studios, however you want to call it, uh, Wild Brain Entertainment, acquired J. Ward Productions. The people behind Rocky and Bullwinkle. Yep. 
Rocky and Bullwinkle are Canadian now. We'll take it. We'll take it. That's fine. I'll, I'll... Future episode, I guess. I mean, I believe uh, there is a um, Mr. Peabody and Sherman show that came out recently. I think in like the 2010s. I, and I guess that's a Canadian co-production. Yeah, it was on Netflix. Yeah, like 2015, 2017. Uh, it was Jade War Productions, DreamWorks Animation uh, Television Studios, and Wild Brain Entertainment. Holy shit. Isn't that just weird? That is weird. It's it's really weird to think of, like, Canadian studios being involved in the same, like, studio-absorbing bullshit <laughs> as American studios. I think it's just, like, I can't even... I feel weird even calling it, like, a Canadian thing because it was just, like, a natural progression of one studio slowly absorbing all the other Canadian yeah. studios. Because, like, like uh, Studio B Productions, Wild Brain Entertainment, Decode, uh, Halifax Film Company, Cookie Jar Group, uh, again, Cinar, and uh, the other one I mentioned earlier, Deke Entertainment, just all kind of form this weird fucking conglomerate that now produces DreamWorks shows. Um, and I, I just will say, because deep down... At our core, this is the thesis of our podcast. That's capitalism in it. Yeah, that, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's doing my head in. And it, wouldn't you rather talk about that for a whole hour instead of dragging would, out opinions on Bromwell High? I would much rather talk about my opinions on English slang terminology. <sighs> that would be a much more fun time. Yeah. Much better way to spend an hour. So apologies that we didn't get uh, in too deep into this episode, but neither we of us liked it. To. Yeah, neither of us liked it. We don't think it's uh, worth remembering, but uh, no. we definitely did. Uh, for the sake of this podcast, we attempted, and it's shite. Yeah, it's bad. So apologies, uh, but they're not always going to be winners. Uh, and if you are specifically English and you take offense. Um, Tell it to your king that I hate. Good. Well, that's gonna guess. I guess that's gonna do it for this episode of uh, <laughs> Cartoon Night in Canada. Um, bad one. Yeah, this this one wasn't super fun. I will turn my key on uh, Bromwell High and saying would have rather not brought it back into yeah. the present. Yeah. Um, this is 2005 to a T and should have been left back there. Uh, please forget it exists. Yes, as, ever. So, as soon as I have released this episode, uh, listen to it. Please, for the love of God, yeah, listen yeah, to like, it. Yeah, listen to it. Enjoy it. I hope you guys had a good time. We sure as shit didn't. Yeah, just listen to it, immediately delete it off your phone, and then forget everything we said. Yeah. It's fine. It's fine. We don't have to. Sometimes things are forgotten for a reason. Yeah, like that um, one show that we've talked about before. Life's a zoo.tv. I won't let you forget about that one. No, that wasn't the one I was talking about. Danko Jones sure. is on it. Danko Jones is a national treasure. <laughs> what one you were you actually... Take that. What, what one were you actually talking about? Uh... X? Pardon? Oddjob Jack. That's the one I was thinking about. I don't know if I should feel insulted or not. Did you watch that episode that somebody sent us? Not yet. But I have the DVD that it, that's on, so I don't need yeah. to. Um, <laughs> shout out. <laughs> oh, that's right. You did that. Uh, oh, uh, like. You, you, you did spend your human dollars on Odd Job Jack. I have a job. I pay you, bills. You do. You pay your taxes. And what's left over from that sum, I chose to buy an out-of-print DVD of Odd Job Jack. Some people don't deserve to have money. I am some people. We're all some people. And on that note, <laughs> if you liked what you heard, and I don't see how you couldn't, uh, please consider giving us a like, share, and review on your podcatcher of choice, preferably Apple Podcasts, because that helps us reach the widest possible audience. You can find the podcast on Twitter at Cartoon Night Pod, where we, re we, re shit, where we release new episodes every Saturday morning. You can find me on Twitter at Cinema Creep, where I will... Not post about today's episode at all. And you can find me at Sylvie Skeletons, where I, I'm i just sitting back with my popcorn, honestly. 
even I mean, if you go to my uh, Twitter account right now, I'm just posting nonstop about Monster. Yeah, as you should. Yeah, you're like, wouldn't you rather talk about Monster than this? <sighs> Do you want to talk about Monster? I'll just delete this whole recording and let's just talk about Monster for an hour. That'll be a Canada dub episode many, many years in the future. It's not Canadian, though, is the problem. That'll be a Canada dub episode many, many years in the future. <laughs> that, that'll be the reward for doing Bromwell High. Is we just get to talk about Monster. Like, hey, hey. we This we is our this. show. <laughs> and even... We can go against the rules we set. I don't care. Yeah. I mean, we already did with Ubos. Let's be real. That wasn't even Canadian. <laughs> We're frauds. Thank you for listening. Good night. <laughs> Bye.